The death of money is here. It's coming. In fact, money as we know it has been dying since the early 1970s. And in a way, money as we know it is a victim of its own success. Now, a lot of people are concerned by double-double-digit inflation. 10% is double, 20% double-double. They're concerned about the trillions that the governments are in debt and the billions just required for interest on the trillions of debt. They're worried about quantitative easing and the devaluation, even debasement of money. And in some ways, they're right to be worried. But in other ways, this is just a normal part of the evolution of money. So is money as we know it dying? Yes. Has it always been dying? Well, yes. (laughs) Because if you think about money as we know it, fiat currency, it was at its highest value immediately when we came off the gold standard. And ever since we came off the gold standard, money has been devaluing ever since for nearly 50 years. And that's called inflation. And the powers that control monetary policy, our central banks and governments, have the ability to increase inflation and increase money printing and money supply. Therefore, they have the ability to devalue it and make it worth less. So in that regard, money is dying. Now, um, yeah, we can blame Nixon for removing us from the gold standard, but um, there's not enough gold in the world to finance governments, countries, wars, and everything else that's required. So the money system that we have, some people call it a Ponzi scheme. You know, if you talk to people who are really knowledgeable about money. They call the fiat currency system the great Ponzi scheme. And I know why they say that, because of its continuing devaluation. And it's it's a soft asset. It's not a hard asset. It doesn't have real value. But it's actually also one of the greatest tools invented by man. I mean, think about something that's worth nothing, but you trust and believe that it's worth what it says it is. And you will give away your time, your life, your things that you've built in exchange for this piece of polymer paper that isn't worth anything, but you believe what it says it's worth on it. And then someone else will do the the same and exchange products and services for it. If you think about it, it's a pretty freaking amazing invention to get the whole world to believe that story. So if you think about it, money is a story, isn't it? Well, fiat currency is a story. It's a story that we all believe that this is currency. This is money. We trust it. We believe in it. And we believe it to hold the value it says it holds. And we will exchange products, services, time and energy equally to the amount that this fictional story we created tells us it's worth. (laughs) That's a freaking amazing genius invention. But it's kind of become a victim of its own success. And what I mean by that is what it's great at is increasing supply. So if you need to finance a war or if you need to pay your debt off, There's this thing called fiat currency that the governments can just print 
in whatever volume they want. And all of a sudden, abracadabra, we've got billions. That, that's a, a fast way. You can't go and dig the gold that fast or the silver. So money as we know it, that's been going down in value for 50 years, that is dying out and has been dying since the day it started, is a genius invention for creating liquidity, for increasing speed, for removing friction, for fueling and financing wars and economy growth, you know, fiscal policy for economic growth, essentially just kind of false growth. And that's what it is. Now, some people say that Bitcoin is the answer and some people say that the governments and the banks are, you know, conning us. I mean, you know, it's the central banks that create the monetary policy, interest rates, inflation, etc. But of course, the governments and the central banks are not as separate and decentralized as maybe they might make us believe. But I wanted to do a little bit of a session with you on the normality of this. This is normal because do you know the word salary derives from the word salt or means salt? Because salt was used as a form of currency back in the day. And in prisons, they've used cigarettes, sardines and stones and things like that have been used in micro or macro economies for hundreds of years. Now, we used to use commodities, things that had real value, but then someone figured out somewhere in the history and evolution of money that commodities are finite and scarce. And to be able to create something infinite would be powerful. So money is dying. And that death is being exaggerated and exacerbated and accelerated by quantitative easing, trillions in government debt and billions in interest on the debt, by the pandemic and natural disasters and government policy of pushing inflation up and the soaring cost of living, etc. These things are all devaluing money relatively. So what can you do about it? And how is this relevant to you in your life? Well, number one, know that any form of currency or any form of money will have its day and then it will die. Just like any empire. The British Empire had its hundred years. And now look at it. The Dutch Empire before it, the American Empire, I mean, the Amer America have the gold standard now, but they might not have it in 30 or 40 years. China might have it. Who knows? So global world powers and orders, they grow, they die. Empires build and they decay. And money is the same. So in 100 years, I am 97% sure that there'll be no fiat currency as we know it, or it will be an evolved form, just like it didn't exist 100 years ago. So yes, the government are trying to get themselves out of that debt by printing a load of it. And yeah, you could argue that's the wrong way to repay their debt. You could argue that it's the right way to fuel growth. But 
you need to know this. So number one, this is great for you to know this because you can accept that this is the evolution of money and therefore the birth and death of any form of currency is normal. Number two, you can wise yourself to not being affected by that. So if you, if you started collecting money in 1973, you know, for a while that would have been good and now it's bad. But if you turn your soft money into hard asset and you're in inflation beating assets, well, actually, you're getting the leverage of the devaluation of money. Here's why. Because generally, inflation essentially pushes costs up and pushes prices up. There's many other factors, but that's one of them. But then that also pushes the price of assets up. So if you've got a mortgage, for example, on a residential property, a buy-to-let, you know, an investment property, then inflation is paying your debt down as well as reducing the value of your money, and it's pushing the value of your asset up. So watches and second-hand cars and properties and gold have gone really high in price in the last three years since the pandemic for various reasons. But in that time, money's gone down by at least 20%, if not more. So this inflation is pushing the price of hard commodity asset up because it's, wor it's worth less and less. So if you've got 100 million pounds, you have a problem of losing 20 million pounds a year in inflation when inflation hits double, double digit. So what do you want to do with your 100 million pounds or your 100,000 pounds or your 1 million pounds? If it's getting wiped out by cash, you want to put it in a hard asset, not a soft asset. So where are you going to put it? Gold, watches, real estate. You might invest in a company or companies. You might start and scale your own business. You might build your own brand. You might start a podcast, start a YouTube channel and get sponsors and advertisers. Have the assets decentralized. Now, the next thing I want to talk about with the death of money is um, the decentralization element. So obviously, fiat currency is centralized. It's run and controlled by the central banks. Whereas Bitcoin is decentralized and it's run and controlled by no one. Now, we used to have decentralized money thousands of years ago. I.e. each tribe had its own form of barter or exchange or money because there was no such thing as globalization. Each tribe had to survive locally and then the many continents within the country and then nationally and then internationally, globally. So we used to have decentralized currencies, micro currencies. And I'm not saying we're definitely going back to that, but we could be if we have a Bitcoin as a currency and some other forms of cryptos as currencies and individual creator coins, you know, you can have a creator coin now. You can launch your own coin, Rob coin. You can do that. So this is an interesting time in the history of money, which is something that most of us haven't seen because most of us maybe won't remember the removal of the gold standard, or at least we won't have really understood what that was going to do to the value of money. So in a way, money is a victim of its own success because it's um, 
Genius is also its failing. The ability to print it and create it without any value is can explode an economy and can reduce its own value. It's like it's, it's, like it's hungry and it eats itself. It's kind of the nature of money to a certain degree. So I'm going to do a lot more content on the death of money. And money is being hard reduced in value by quantitative easing, billions of government debt, trillions of government debt with billions of government interest just on the debt, on the soaring cost of living, on the big energy cap raises, on the scarcity of commodities, the scarcity of production, the scarcity of labor. Generally, scarcity increases pricing because scarcity is under supply relative to the demand. So this is all happening now. And we're in this little window where it's all being exaggerated. You know, you get those graphic equalizers. You remember the old school hi-fis that were stacked with the graphic equalizers that go up and down. And on the side, you've got the ones that go up and down a little bit. And in the middle, you've got the ones that go up and down a lot, like a Manhattan graph. We're in this little window of time where we've got a lot of activity on the devaluation of money and the, the hard increasing costs of basic commodities like food and heating and electric. And, you know, to a certain degree, we've had it really good and really we've had a lot of prosperity for decades. People aren't used to austerity. You, you know, imagine being born in 1900. By the time you're 40, you've gone through two world wars. You don't know luxury. You're not thinking about Lamborghinis. You're thinking about food on the table and raising your family and not being not being involved in a war. So because we've had this opulence of just free printing of this imaginary money called currency, fiat currency, and it's just fueled growth after growth after growth after growth after growth for decades, what goes up must come down. And that is what's happening now. And you've got the natural devolution of money. Because if you think about a lifespan, you could argue that you start to die the day you're born. Now, I know humans, when they're born, they grow and then they stop growing and then they start decaying. But you could argue there's a countdown clock. T minus 100 years from the day you're born. So you could argue that you start to die the day you're born if you count backwards. And that's exactly what it is with any monetary system or any um, global power or any nation. So how can you leverage this knowledge and information to your benefit? Well, number one, don't have much money in cash and don't have any more faith in the fiat currency system than you should have, which is not much. Don't have any faith that the government will pay off their own debt. Don't have any faith that the government will stop quantitative easing or will start paying off their own debt. That's not going to happen because they've got this tool that they're addicted to, that just speed of ease of printing. So they're not going to go back on it. So we've gone beyond the point of no return. And we can't go back to a gold standard because there isn't enough gold to back the ridiculous amount of money that we have in circulation, which is worth less and less and less. So cash is trash. Cash is going down in value. Make sure you have minimal amounts of cash. Cash only required for basic living expenses and an emergency. Your interim money might be in liquidity-based assets. So cash when I say cash, I also mean savings in the bank, but you've got cash money. So that's either physical cash, which is the worst savings, which is marginally better because it gives you a percent interest or something like that. But it's still pretty nothingness. But, and it stops you from spending it, I suppose. 
And then you've got hard assets, which may be produce income and grow in capital appreciation, like real estate. Gold doesn't produce income, but it's growing hard in value at the moment. But there are other assets that produce income. And in the middle, you've got this kind of intermediary liquidity. So you put your money in the stock market, you put your money in an ISA. You can get that back in a week. So it's quite liquid, but it will definitely beat cash. I mean, it'd have to go down 20% a year for it not to beat cash. And in the long run, the stock market beats inflation. And in the long run, real estate beats inflation. So a few little rules and tips for you to consider as money dies. With every death, there is a birth. With every chaos, there is the new order. When something decays, something new grows. You have empires dying and empires building. You have currencies going to zero and currencies going to the moon. It might be Bitcoin. It might be, we might go back to almost tribalistic, multiple decentralized currencies. We might not. There's one thing for sure is that the governments and central banks will be looking for a replacement of fiat currency. And maybe it's a centralized digital currency. Oh, honestly, that scares me a bit, a lot, <laughs> that they could have a digital currency that they could essentially track all the data from all your bank accounts and your spending habits through your data and your devices. Not sure I like that, but I'm pretty sure that they'll want that rather than Bitcoin being the adopted currency. Bitcoin's never going to be adopted as a currency because it's decentralized and governments can't control anything that's decentralized. So a central digitalized currency might be what replaces fiat currency. That'll have upsides and that'll have downsides. It'll have speed, even more speed than real money. They'll be able to quantitative ease and, you know, they'll be able to have fiscal policy even quicker than the printing press. But man, the control and the Orwellian doomsday. Yeah, I'm not sure I love that. I, I, I accept I can't be fully decentralized. I need banks. I need to pay direct debits. I need to pay digitally. But more and more, I keep minimal money in savings and checkings and current accounts. I try and keep more in hard assets now because properties beat inflation and properties beat cash by a mile. Gold has. The right watches have. Classic cars have. People with personal brands have. Many online businesses have. So you want enough hard asset, protects from inflation, beats inflation, maybe even geared, maybe even have good debt on it. Because like I said, the upside of, yeah, Lego. I've got loads of Lego in the basement that I was buying through the years. That's done really well. <laughs> don't, I don't build it, although I like building it. So, you know, some people say, oh, you shouldn't be materialistic. You're bloody well shit right now. Because many material items are much better than fiat currency, which is being wiped out by inflation. And if you can have some decentralized assets, then they can't be recalled. So I don't know if you recall, but um, there have been bank runs and banks have shut the, the doors and they don't give the money back. And there's been times where it's been illegal to buy gold because they want all the gold back. And then they get rid of the 50 pound notes. Or the old forms of money, because they want to essentially recall the money. Well, 
It'd be hard for them to recall your Lego, your watches, your classic cars, your silver, your gold, your property, your personal brand, your social media channels and followers and fans and influencers. It'd be pretty hard for them to recall all of that. So the next thing that it's important to have is multiple streams of income and diverse assets. Now, look, you've got to have one asset before you can have diverse assets. It depends on your journey. But have some real estate, have some gold, have some Bitcoin, have a personal brand, start building out information, content into cash flow, information into income. Have a podcast and have some sponsors on it. Have a YouTube channel and run some ads on them. Sell stuff online, sell information. Turn your content into cash flow and your information into income and beat the death of money. Because even as money dies, product, productivity grows, innovation grows, evolution grows, productivity grows. These always grow. So if you can create more productivity, more innovation, more production, more solutions, more service, more value, doesn't matter what the form of money is. You'll get paid in whatever the form of money is that you want to get paid in. And many people don't know how to start a business or scale a business. They don't know how to become an entrepreneur. They're a victim because they haven't got the right financial education. I'm going to give you an example here, by the way. If you are employed, you are a guinea pig with a cannula stuck in its vein to the system. So they've got you running on the hamster wheel, providing them energy. And they've got the cannula in your veins sucking out all your blood. And what I mean by that is that they, they've got you into debt and they've lent you the money, which you're going to be paying back for the rest of your life. So you're going to be paying them interest on interest on interest for the rest of your life. And then as you earn money, you pay about half of it in tax right now. And then whenever you have any kind of event like retire taxed, Sell a business, taxed. Die, taxed. Sell a property, taxed. So they stick you in the system and they you, the hamster wheel is the debt and the interest you'll be paying them for life. And the cannula in your vein drawing out of your blood is the tax. Yeah, half in tax. Do, do your maths on what you pay in tax. On what you earn and what you buy, it's way more than half. Because they have stealth taxes and sales taxes. Most people don't know that. Remember, everything you buy is net of tax, but it's got tax on it. So you're double taxed. Let's say you pay, I don't know, I pay 38% income tax, but there was already VAT on the sales of 20%. There was already corp tax of 19%. And then when I buy stuff, it's got sales tax on it. And some things have got double and triple tax, like fuels, double taxed. So here's a few things you need to do. You need to educate yourself financially. You need to be diversified in your assets. You need to have minimal cash and maximal inflation beating hard assets. Get out of soft money into hard assets, hard money. You need to diversify your income streams and create multiple income streams. You need to be an entrepreneur. You need to beat the tax system by being an entrepreneur. The only way you beat the tax system is by being an entrepreneur because you pay your tax last, not first. You work for yourself, you pay tax last. You work for someone else, you pay tax first. 
And there are a load of tax breaks for being an entrepreneur. And there are less than there used to be, but there are still a load. But there are zero tax breaks for being employed. You just get taxed it all up front. So you need to replace your pension with your own assets. You don't want your money in a government or state pension because there is too many people, too many old people for them to be able to afford. So they're going to need to dip into your pension money and it has been known. And your pension is being wiped out by inflation anyway. So you need to manage your own pension. And real estate's a great way to manage your own pension or have a, have a portfolio of assets. So if you'd love to learn how to do all these things because you don't know how to do all these things yourself because you weren't taught all these things in school and it's not your fault you weren't taught all these things in school but you're not taught all these things in school because then you can't be a hamster in the wheel with a cannula taking out your blood. But if you'd like to actually learn how to do all this, Rob.team is my disruptive online financial platform which helps you start and scale a business, get better financial education and knowledge, make, manage and master money and create multiple streams of recurring income and the the best news is it costs you less than a large coffee. You could cancel any time, by the way. There is no contract and it costs you less than a loaded large Costa coffee. I bought a loaded large Costa coffee with an extra shot and all the syrup and cream. And it was more than what it cost you to subscribe to Rob.team. So what have you got to lose other than the value of your money and in inflation? So if you want to join, go open up a new page on the internet. Do it now. Don't, don't wait. Do it now. And type in R-O-B dot T-E-A-M. Rob dot team for less than a large coffee for one third of the price of a Netflix subs subscription and no contract you can get the nine module 10 hour how to invest series you can get the five ways fastest ways to 100k masterclass you can get the mindset and money masterclass you can get the make cash challenge the 10x your following challenge the get paid for podcasting challenge you can get all of this and instead of paying hundreds of dollars for each course, you get them all free in your membership in rob.team. And I've just started launching the brand new Sunday sessions. So I'm doing content every Sunday live and then the recordings go in rob.team. It's less than a large coffee, one third of the price of Netflix. You can cancel any time with no contract. What have you got to lose other than your money with inflation? And do you know what? Do you know what lose your money more than inflation? A lack of education. And that's one of the reasons why I launched Rob.team. So if you open up a new page on the internet now and type in R-O-B dot T-E-A-M, you can join no risk, no contract. You can cancel any time. It's a global platform. I'm from the UK, but it's a global platform. And we do live events. We've got the multiple streams of business income event coming up live. We have got all sorts of content for creators like the 21 ways to monetize social media masterclass. So I'll see you in rob.team. Just type R-O-B dot T-E-A-M into a new window in the internet right now. I'll see you there. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Money is dying, but a new form of money, a new form of value, maybe decentralized money and currency is being born. And it's exciting but disruptive times. In every stressing hides a blessing, every downside has an upside. Inflation's also your friend if you've got good debt against hard assets. See you on the other side in the next episode.